0: Smith has it. Knicks down three. Should the Bulls foul? No.
1: Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied.
0: All right, recording this six seventeen, the eighteenth of July, take number two. <laughs> me and Nolan is back on the pod. Um, I mean, it's been a minute since me and Nolan been back on the, been back talking on the pod. Uh, A whole bunch of events in the NBA has uh, went by. Uh, I wanted to start off the conversation with uh, the latest and the hottest topic in uh, the Knicks community. Uh, And that's uh, acquiring Colin Sexton from the Cavaliers. Uh, This past year, Colin averaged uh, 24-4-3, 37% from three, 47% from the field goal range, 81% from the free throw line. So, you know, he has improved each year. He has Gone into the league. He's a proven scorer. uh but I don't know. I'm a little bit iffy on it. I have my thoughts about it. Uh Nolan, w- w- what are your thoughts about this uh idea of trading for Colin Sexton? Um,
1: well, I like the idea personally. Um, but uh like I was kind of asking you before we got cut off the last time, what exactly is it that you don't like about the deal? Is it that you don't like getting rid of Obi or you don't want to get rid of draft picks or like what's your your hold up on
0: it, so like, like I was saying before, uh, paying twice is something that I, I don't want to do. Number one, uh 19 and 21, especially in this draft, can get you very, very valuable players for now and down the line. A- and I still believe Obi, even though we had the Randall situation and uh, Obi could play so much, I still believe Obi can contribute to this team. And we don't know what we have in OB. So just let him keep developing. I think we'll be selling um, a little bit too low on OB at this point in time. Uh, and then also paying for Colin Sexton. I understand Colin is only 6 to $8 million for uh, this upcoming season. But you still, you still have to make that decision of paying him or not. And there's a reason why Cleveland drafted another point guard right after him. You know, Then they could say that they thought they could play together. But come on. He's six one. You knew you 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 knew what was going on, like, yeah. and, and that's where I stand.
1: I feel you with that. Um, I don't think I think if we're getting rid of both first round picks, then we won't be getting rid of OB. I think if we give up OB, we'll only have to give up one of our first round picks. Is um at least that's what I'm seeing and the way I'm looking at it right now. So to me, it just makes sense because like I get what you're saying about selling low on obi but when we drafted obi nobody saw what Julius Randle was gonna become this year like nobody even thought it was possible so I just think that given how much Tibbs plays his star players and Randall being the best player on the team that Sexton is just a better fit for the roster than Obi is for us because like like, Obi in, say, 19 or 21, either one of those picks, whatever. If you don't think, like, I don't think that has as much value to the Knicks as, say, Sexton does, because I just don't see any way that Obi ever gets to the point where he's, like, averaging 30 minutes a game. And, like, you know what I mean? Even if he's Randall's backup and plays time at five, I still can't ever see Randall or uh, Obi getting to 30 minutes a game. And that's kind of like a thing where yeah you might be selling a little low on him and he did show flashes towards the end of the year but just like if he's not gonna play here and you're going forward with Julius as your guy and like every indication seems to be that's what they would do I think Nick's Twitter would go crazy if they decided to keep Ovi over Julius but um I just think that it's just a better fit for the roster I mean even if like With Mitch, you're going to have to pay Mitch coming up. And I think Thibodeau is going to play him heavy minutes, just like he did Randall and Barrett. So just, like, it really limits the amount of time that you have for Obi to play. And you can play Sexton at our biggest position of, like, our biggest weakness for at least 30 minutes a game, like, instantly. If When he gets in there, you can split time with Rose, play 25 minutes a game or something even. Like, I just – I think there's a lot of upside with Sexton, and just the fit makes the value all more, all the more like compelling. Just because we're not going to be able to get the most out of Ob with the way our roster is constructed right now.
0: I mean, look, look, the look Sexton. I feel like if we. Go if we how much does that raise our ceiling if we get Sexton? Do we beat Atlanta say, like, we instead of Alfred Payton being playing like ass for, for 30 plus minutes, we had Colin Sexton putting up 24 points a game. Do you think that really changes how we does that? Changes the series against Atlanta? Does that
1: uh, and I think that's a, a rough way to look at it just because, like, Atlanta made it all the way to the Eastern Conference finals, like, they proved that they were a really, really good team. And what was our biggest problem against Atlanta? It was scoring. And if there's one thing that Colin Sexton can do, it's put the ball in the hoop. And he's just going to be able to, like, when they try to double-team Randall as much as they did in the playoffs and make life tough on him, that there's another player that can create his own shot, kind of like D. Rose does off the bench or quickly does off the bench. And when D. Rose started in the playoffs, but he he saw how that worked out in the playoffs that he – he just couldn't hold up physically at that age so like i think i think that sexton just really he wouldn't need to be anything that he isn't already for the deal to make sense and for like the amount of money you'd pay him to make sense just because we run so much of the offense through Randall already, and RJ is going to get more and more of that. And having Sexton there, and RJ is like your third offensive option. That's a lot better off than we were with Peyton, or I think we'd be with nineteen and Obi. Like, because again, it's like Obi's not going to play. So, like, I don't know. I I tend to think that the draft is something where people get they fall in love with prospects and it's really, really easy to fall in love with a prospect. And we've seen with the Knicks drafting in the lottery all these years that like a lot of these players don't pan out no matter how much of like a, a sure fire thing you think it's going to be. Yeah. So I don't know. That's where, that's why it makes sense to me. Is just that the positional value of OB versus Sexton is like, I don't know. I think it's better than 19 and, the salary cap that we're gonna to have to pay sex then who like we're gonna to have to spend money next year anyway. but you don't if think those, those
0: needs money- but you don't think those needs could be felt uh could be filled in free agency or um uh, you know i was saying like you know maybe we could trade up to new orleans and take eric bledsoe off their hands or maybe take com- a combination of eric bledsoe I don't want Eric Bledsoe, but the 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 short term, me not having to worry about paying him, me having a fresh slate, and the, in the next year with it's a real
1: fade right now, uh,
0: in the teens, I believe fifteen or sixteen million dollars, probably sixteen million dollars. But then the following year, it, 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 he's pretty much a free agent. It's like three million dollars, non guaranteed. So you could cut him. You could cut him, and it, it won't affect your cap. Yeah, it,
1: and then you're just left with. What just whatever point guard draft and like, and that's the thing.
0: And 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 I would like them to take the road of developing a point guard. Like I, I really but want. How I, long
1: has it been since New York's developed a point? It's guard?
0: a different. I, but you're still in that mindset that we still got Fizz there. Right? Like no, no man. I'm not
1: even blaming Fizz. I'm saying like when's who's been like a legitimate point guard for the Knicks like in their entire history like. There's not a lot of elite guards in our lifetime.
0: But we got to start somewhere, man. We got to start somewhere. Yeah,
1: but why not take chance on a 26-year-old who's averaging 24 points a game rather than trading for Bledsoe to be like a, I don't know, a slightly better Alfred Payton and just hope that, the draft pick works out. We took, we took like, Frank and DSJ in the top 10. Neither of them panned
0: out. Yeah, you have points. It's points. And, you know, Colin Sexton is not – like, I'm coming off as, like, you know, I think Colin is a, is a bum. Uh, no, no, no. Colin is a very talented basketball player. And if you come on the Knicks, he will help us win games. But I'm talking about long term. And how does this affect us long-term and uh, paying him? That is my only concern is paying him. I understand the OB situation. Like I'm a little bit attached to uh, Obi, but it, you know, it is what it is. We have to make the team get better, but mm-hmm. it's just paying him is my main concern.
1: How much and, do you think he's going to get paid?
0: I've been seeing uh, four for 80. Like he's going like, to, I seen four for 80, I don't me, know. Would you would you be comfortable of doing that for Lonzo? Like, uh, uh, Lonzo they, said
1: he wants a hundred million,
0: and Chicago will write that check. I Chicago that in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need.
1: They're trying to keep Levine happy.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know about that one. But uh, what you were saying?
1: Um, I'm not sure. Honestly, where, uh, where were we talking about?
0: The about the, the, the contract about Colin Sexton, about like how he's gonna oh. get paid for four for 80.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'd take four for 80. I mean, it's not like he, I don't think he's gonna get any worse. I don't think like that's an immovable contract if you need something to like open up down the road. I don't think that, A, I don't think that we're, we would really need to more than likely in that four year window. Because even if we take a point guard at, say, like, 21, I, it's going to take a few years for point guards, like, historically just are one of the slower positions to develop in the league. And that's kind of why I'm against trading up for a point guard right now. Just, I don't know. I just think that at that value, like, there's a lot. Who are you going to bring in as a free agent for less money that's going to be a better fit than Colin Sexton right now?
0: Maybe not a better fit, not, maybe not a better player, but we'll fit those same, will be able to contri- contribute in the ways that Colin can. For example, you Gordon Dragic, Kendrick Nunn. These guys know. on the market that you don't have to commit long term to and still keep that flexibility, still can, be at.
1: But does that really make you much better?
0: But how much better are you going to be with Colin Sexton? Like I if you a add. Better
1: than Dragic or.
0: Kendrick Uh, Kendrick, really really
1: yeah I'm not a Kendrick Nunn fan at all or Drogic I think Drogic's too old I think he's skilled but I think you would basically be having two point guards and him and D-Rose that you really need to watch their minutes and then if one of them does happen to get hurt which you know like for two point guards that age and Drogic has like a pretty serious injury history I just you could end up paying him whatever amount he would take and just you know might not even play like I I'm not against bringing in a bridge guard if we decide to not trade for Sexton or something like bring in like I said a, a Reggie Jackson or uh what's Dude, I'm name?
0: even I'm cool with that man bring in Reggie Jackson for a year and then see sure. what's up after that but, if, if it's gonna but be then like where that. does that
1: leave you though it leaves you with a pick at 19 as their future point guard, but whatever how many, those options how many point guards at nineteen pan out.
0: look, whatever we get, the bridge gap guy, and whoever we get at nineteen, I'm more comfortable with those, and and the and then we still have the flexibility moving on, Then not having any of that, and then having to pick Colin Sexton, and then him being the 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 guy until so we have oh, to move God. on from, like mm-hmm. like you know what I mean.
1: I get you're saying. I just think that like twenty million a year, when we have the most cap in the league, like, isn't really a problem. But,
0: but did we really sacrifice all of this cap space and really like preserve really it for all? That but time. we traded KP. Space, we though. like, but like we preserved it. Like we wasn't idiots and didn't really spend the money. Like if we was gonna do this, I might as well got Van Fleet last year. Honestly, well,
1: Van, Fee- Van Fleet got like what like 120 million
0: no he got no 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 he 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 got like he got like 100 million but, way, I, just but say, like,
1: I, I don't think we were getting van fleet to begin with unless we overpaid him and just like i don't know i don't think that bringing in another point guard like that is i mean it's possible but like i don't think lowry is coming here he's got better options I don't think Dame's coming here. I just don't think we make that move, even if he wanted to come out. Um, I just don't see any realistic option that is going to potentially solidify the future of the Knicks' point guard position. Either like, either um, at nineteen or twenty-one, or even if they trade up. Like, I just don't like those odds. I'd rather take a guy that I've seen in the NBA for, what is it, like three, four years now? I, I get little, it. Just a little more of a proven product.
0: I, I get it. I get it. I just hope uh, if they do decide to pull the trigger, I just hope that they really, really looked at other options, and this was the best option that they had. I, and I and they better be sure. Do you believe Colin has another level to reach? Do you think he can be a, a – a perennial all-star maybe not perennial all-star but in a conversation we know he's like an all-star level type of player he might not make the all-star game every year but we know he's an all-star level kind
1: of guy yeah yeah I do I think he's um I think he has a higher ceiling than say um D'Angelo Russell I think he can be become that type of player at least so like I'm comfortable paying I mean I don't know i I don't see the passing and the assist numbers and stuff like that being such an issue. You see so many of the passes he would make like great passes that no one else on our roster right now can make. Yeah. yeah. And people were just missing wide open shots because Cleveland was fucking ass this year. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Like I said, I mean, I get where you're coming from and that you don't want to instantly give up capital, but I don't want to be like the Celtics and fall in love with their draft picks too much and just, never make any move to improve the team like it's not like we're bringing in sexton to make us a playoff team like we were the fourth seed in the east and we're trying to get better and i think that's something that makes you tangibly better and he's a player that fits the team's timeline so that that's my biggest reasoning for wanting to bring him in but i mean it depends on what the price ends up being what cleveland would end up accepting i wouldn't want to give the two first and Obi I honestly wouldn't even want to give just the two first. I'd like to keep at least one of them. But um, it really depends on what other offers they get.
0: And then Knox would just be like a filler. Like, I don't think, like, anybody's really interested in Knox.
1: No, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're Cleveland and you get, like, Knox and Obi and 19 or 21, like, you let them both play. And, I mean, Cleveland's a bad enough team that they can both get minutes and – you know, maybe there is still some untapped potential in Kevin Knox. He's still a young kid. You know I mean? He's not even, what, 22 yet even? Yeah. So I yeah. mean, like, it's just – it's it's hard to write some of these people off. I mean, people – the Lakers let Julius Randle walk. A lot of these players, it takes them a while to develop. And while you can hold on to them and you can hold on to draft picks, I, I, I want to take the – I'd rather have the proven asset right now and hope – Bank on the upside that he can live up to a 20 million dollar contract,
0: and uh, we, we will be doing a mock draft soon. But you know, uh, if they're trading Colin, I just hope they don't <laughs> draft uh, snugs. I, I hope that I hope that team did decide like we're going to replace this guard with that guard, and you know, just because you know, he's a little bit better defensively and he'll be able to operate the team. Nah, you can't run a bad court with those midgets. And I and and I think it's proven in Portland too, right?
1: Uh to some extent. I mean, Portland made it to the Western Conference Finals a few years ago. I mean,
0: sure, sure. But you know, long term they're run, you know. We'll see yeah, how yeah, like I mean, defensive things that
1: go into that too. Like, I mean, Portland really hasn't, you know, built around Dame that well. That's one of the bigger reasons he's fed up.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh we got to see, yeah, we, we got to see how that Colin Sexton stuff uh, shakes out and uh, what Cleveland does moving forward because, you know, there's, there's also other teams uh, interested in Colin. I believe uh, Indiana is also interested in Colin. Uh, uh, I forgot the other teams. Do you remember any of the other teams?
1: I honestly haven't heard too much about other teams outside of, like, yeah, no, I don't know. Really, I can't really even think just... of any right now. I thought I had one in my head for a second, but.
0: The sham's trying to stir up our fan base, right yeah, of course <laughs> yeah, um next topic State basketball um one and two in their last three games uh really struggled against the uh, i don't know, man, it feels like their offense is a little off uh the game's against Nigeria, and uh Australia really showed um their defensive laps uh, out rebounded uh, their big man situation. You know, Bam is tough. Uh, Draymond is tough as well. But, you know, those guys overseas, you know, they're going to bang their seven foot, you know, 260 plus pounds. Like, you know, they're they're, they're trying to they're trying to and, and other teams see this right. They're, they're trying to overpower them on the boards. I think that's the main game plan against Team USA. Um, it seems like Beal and uh, Love will no longer be with the team. Beal with uh, COVID protocols and, uh, quote-unquote, Love is out with knee issues. But we all know he got kicked out. Like, come on. Like They needed extra help in that, in that center position. Uh I mean,
1: they... He really wasn't fully
0: healthy. He hasn't
1: been healthy for most of this year, in all fairness to him. I still think it was a stupid pick for them to put him in there in the first place, especially knowing that he's coming off, like, surgery and stuff. But – but yeah. It's a, it's a, I I don't know if he was necessarily kicked off the team. I think once they made that decision, it was it was his decision to leave still. You think so? I really do. I do.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I I definitely think they had a conversation like um yeah, you're probably not going to play at all. Like at all. So, like, it's either like you stay and you practice with the guys or whatever, or you know, you get ready for the next season and we bring in somebody else. I, I, I that's how I, that's how I saw it. When yeah, uh,
1: I, I basically agree, it just, I, I think that he just wasn't healthy enough to be out there. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. 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 For sure. Uh, I don't even know if they needed his skill set to be honest. Like, I, they, they, no, needed... it is a weird choice. It yeah.
1: Was, I mean, it's been pointed out on next Twitter, you know, that everywhere but it's, it was an odd choice to begin with
0: sure and um they replaced him with uh javel mcgee which was uh a little bit uh weird javel mcgee doesn't even play on his own team and uh <laughs> he's he has a usa spot and uh pop decided to bring uh one of his uh, young prospects on his team uh kelvin johnson one of the better younger players on the spurs decided to give uh call them up and uh from the select team and let him get some burn um, uh, how do you feel like, you know, cause they, it's not really, you know, in the past U S basketball has dominated the world. And, uh, these past two Olympics last two, uh, world gatherings for the basketball, you know, it's been, it's been downhill. How, how do you feel? Noah?
1: Um, I think this year, particularly it's tough with just all the injuries going around in the league. Um, I think that, I think that the team we'll figure things out there is something to be said for like a lot of these olympic teams play together with the same roster for years you know what i mean they have a lot more continuity than these u.s teams that come in It's just like a you know basically an all-star team and they've never played together before and i think that's part of also why they said they at least brought in Kevin Love was for like more continuity and things like that but I'm not extremely worried the roster isn't perfect this year but you still have Kevin Durant and Dame Lillard and I think that I mean it's hard to say because they played so bad this year but um I think a lot of that might even be with this weird, crazy season, too. You know, they didn't have a lot of time off in between the season and the Olympics. So it's like a lot of these dudes just got done playing. And now they're playing in games that aren't all that important yet with guys they're not used to playing with. And some of these guys, maybe they don't care as much as they should. Maybe it's not as important to some of these players as it is, but. I think that there's still enough talent even with like everybody in the finals, like Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, Booker, like all those players that could have been on that roster. I think that, I I think that we're still talented enough to win, but we got to start seeing improvement and seeing it quick. Otherwise it's going to be a pretty disappointing year for him.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, um, Man, and like and the rules in uh in the Olympics are way different from the NBA. Like they're not really getting the same calls. I was reading an article. Uh Tatum and Bio, like they were like they would stare down refs, like you know, when they're not getting the calls during the last uh two losses against Nigeria and Australia. Mm-hmm. So they're they're having a rough time adjusting. Cause they remember, like you said, they just played from the season. So, you know, muscle memory is kind of Kind right, of, you know,
1: they're like you're used to having called a foul isn't called a foul anymore. And these other Olympic teams are used to playing that way in Europe and or, you know, all around the world, really. And the NBA is just kind of a little different with that. And I think stars get a lot more calls that they're in the NBA. And when your whole team is filled with stars, you can't just give everybody calls every single time. So, I mean, I think it's just an adjustment that they have to kind of, you know, mentally get through is that you know all right we're not getting these calls but there's still all these things that we can control and all these way, things that we can do to get better and not really work you know stop worrying about the refs so much and just go out there and play basketball
0: and uh you know uh john Morant and uh, trey young threw a little shade at usa basketball on twitter i guess uh they reached out to them after the bill and uh love situation and trey young uh posted on twitter you know that isaiah thomas last dance like you know i oh, yeah, i yeah. reached those requirements and i wasn't selected i don't know what was going on with that process who was the other one you said and uh ja Morant. Oh, okay,
1: okay. but but
0: ja was just going off on like he didn't really did like he didn't it's really subtweet that. him like he he just directly like he was pretty upset he yeah. was like, you know, if you don't want me at my lowest, don't want me at like, you don't get me at my highest, you know, just a whole bunch of uh teenagers stuff, yeah, you emotional. know. Emotional. Yeah, yeah, and um, interesting to see that. Um, so, um
1: Isaiah which- Thomas tweeted that he was in Vegas and they needed everybody. <laughs>
0: I feel bad for him, man. They I do really too. know. I Austin really. do. dirty. Yeah, I really enjoy that. I, I hate Boston. But yeah, yeah. yeah but, but no, I really like that season. That, that was my,
1: probably my favorite Boston team in recent memory.
0: Yeah, man. And I I saw him on All the Smoke. He said he's ready to play, but you know, that's, you know, the guy yeah, himself. What else are you gonna say? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. Washed. <laughs> yeah.
1: Please don't sign me.
0: Yeah, so I I I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see what's up with him. Uh what, what were your thoughts when, you know, when you saw Javel McGee got the call?
1: Um I was surprised JaVale McGee got the call over some people like Christian Wood, maybe. Yeah. But he is more of like a veteran presence and on a team like you team USA, where there's so much star talent. Sometimes you just need guys that can play a role. And like, that's something that JaVale McGee has done on every team he's been on. You know, he just fills a certain role of like rim running and blocking shots. I mean, like, I get why they did it, especially because some of these European teams have really, like, bulkier big men, like traditional big men. And if you bring in someone like Christian Wood to play the five, you can get bullied down there. Um, And if you want to go small and have some versatility like that, you can always throw Durant at the five if you really wanted to, like, play that style of ball. So I think having another big body like that, at least for you know spot minutes i don't think he's gonna get like a ton of minutes or anything like that i think i get why they did it i i probably would have picked someone else but i mean i i couldn't really tell you who off the top of my head outside of christian woods the only name that's really coming to my mind right now yeah because
0: if you really think about him, also the like you know dominant big man in the league you know they're you know they're from overseas MB mm-hmm. uh Jokic yeah cat you know cats dominican um mm-hmm. you know anthony davis would have worked but you know he's dealing with his own issues trying to come back you know and try to get another yeah, championship no way
1: lebron was gonna let him go <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> get your fucking ass healthy
0: <laughs> yeah so their options was limited i, I still believe they could have gotten a better guy and they really are younger somewhere i maybe i can't really think about it on the top of my head yeah, but yeah that's kind of where i'm at yeah but there's definitely you know guys that could have at least a younger version of what javel mcgee gives you right
1: yeah but there might be something for that yeah veteran presence too that they like i mean it seems like that seems that seems to be a trend that uh pop has been going with with a lot of these guys
0: uh switching topics real quick i wanted to speak about the they mean thing um I know I'm a little bit, so I'm surprising you with this. It wasn't on the list. But uh, since we were talking about Team USA, uh, you know, he came out and said uh, he does not officially. Because, you know, people, the word has been coming out saying that he wants to be traded and he's unhappy. He said from his mouth, from the horse's mouth himself, "I'm, I'm good with the situation I'm in. But I don't understand how you look at this roster and believe the coach was the problem. So obviously he wants roster changes and he wants them right now, and he's giving Portland an opportunity to make that uh to make that change. I to me those comments gave Shea O'Neill a year extension on uh, Damian Lillard uh, production, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, what were your thoughts, Nolan, about that? Um, I think
1: I think Dame doesn't want to leave Portland. You know, he's been there. He's stayed loyal for a really long time, and I don't think that's, like, for no reason. I think he genuinely likes Portland. And he likes the people there and, you know, the fans. He's been there his whole career. So, I mean, I think the backlash that they got for the coaching hiring, he took a big brunt of that because it was the guy he wanted to bring in. I think that – like he said in his comments, it's more than just coaching, which is definitely true. That roster, I don't think, is you know built to win a title unless they make major, major moves, and they don't really have a lot of assets to make major moves. And especially, I think, um, didn't their center just get hurt again? Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just year after year, it's always one thing or another going wrong for them. And if you're Dame, you got to be thinking, like, are we really just going to hope that we get – one miraculous run where everybody stays healthy, we're playing our best ball like all throughout the season, and that's suddenly going to change now. I mean, like I said, they did make it to the Western Conference finals, and it's you know, it's hard to do, but I mean, I can if they don't make moves that Dame likes, I could very easily see him demanding a trade, if not this year, then definitely next.
0: Yeah, it's definitely um, going to keep being –
1: There's a lot of smoke there. Yeah. He he can come out and say whatever he wants, you know, but if there's all this reporting going on about it, I don't think it's just people just, like, trying to draw attention for no reason. I think when there's smoke, there's usually fire and things like that.
0: For sure. And uh, the GM of the Portland Trailblazers is probably on the hottest seat Um, this Chauncey thing needs to work out. He needs to make correct decisions this offseason. Like, I cannot stress that enough. We're going to be talking about it on here on the corner three, and uh, he has to make correct decisions. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who he brings on, who he lets go. Uh, you know, like you said, you know, Zach Collins got injured, so you know, I, I don't know, man. I don't know, it's it's hard. I, I understand Damian Lillard wants to be loyal, but, you know, this is business and business is business and you have to do what's best for you. And I, I really do believe, and I really do believe Damian Lillard might be, you know, wasting a year of his prime. If he does uh, decide to, uh, to stay That's on. what it really
1: comes down to is, does he believe that he actually can contend with the roster? Cause he is coming down the back end of his career and every wasted year is a wasted opportunity. And, you know, take it from a guy like Chris Paul, you don't get, a ton of opportunities like that in the league. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, like you said, it's either going to be – they make the moves that he wants or that he's going to be out of there.
0: For sure, for sure.
1: I do think, though, that if he gets traded, I don't think he goes to the Knicks. I think that he probably goes to the Sixers. And if you trade Simmons and Thibel and – I don't know, two first for for Lillard or something like that. You might not even have to give up two first, maybe just one. I don't know exactly what Portland's going to want back or how they view Ben Simmons. But I just think that's a trade that really works out. I think we talked about this before in the pod, that it really works out well for both teams.
0: And uh, shout out to Swin. Uh, Swin said that, uh, I, I agree with him. He said that the Knicks, this is just uh, not the correct time for a deal for Lillard for the Knicks. Right. um we could force that but uh it would just be the carmelo anthony situation all over again and, in and few- I, think it,
1: I think it'd be a little bit better than the Car- carmelo situation simply because like when carmelo got here amari was pretty much shot and we didn't have it depends on what i guess it would depend on what you have to give up for dame you know what i mean like if you can still keep quickly or keep rj and then you can convince yourself into bringing in someone like I don't know Norman Powell or something at three. I I still don't see that team being better than a healthy Philadelphia or a healthy Brooklyn or a healthy Milwaukee. So um, actually maybe Milwaukee I don't know. But
0: hey man, be, Milwaukee that'd, that'd be be champs, man, Milwaukee about to be hey, champs man. Milwaukee about to be champs come on um, man. I know. I'll do that. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Oh, bad. But yeah, for sure, for sure. Gonna be interesting to see how this plays out, for sure. Uh, Switching to the Kawhi Leonard situation, the Kawhi Leonard situation. Definitely wanted to speak on this on the pod. You know, Skip Bayless, you know, you know, Skip Bayless has uh, recently been a a cartoon in the NBA universe with the LeBron hate, but uh, he does have close connections to uh, Kawhi's camp from the whole uh, uh, Spurs debacle. And he did. He was the first one to report that uh, Kawhi got a tour, uh, had a tour ACL, and he's not happy with uh, the Clippers uh, medical staff because... You know they try to underreport it, and I I don't understand what's going on with the medical staff and professional sports, even college sports. We see, uh, the Miles Powell situation, which I I had no idea what was going on, and I had hit you, uh, yeah, yesterday yeah. about that, which was insane, and which was
1: I didn't get a chance to look too much into that. I mean, I know, like you said, he's he's suing because they underreported his injury, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, did they did they tell him that he? had a tournament,
0: MCL no. or ACL? No, he said it, it was okay, just – Okay, so he
1: had no knowledge of
0: it. Nah, it was – uh they said it was uh, a knee bruise, so uh, a knee bruise, and he played. He had that incredible senior year statistically on a tour of mm-hmm. uh, meniscus, bro. Yeah, yeah. So imagine him healthy. He probably would have been drafted in more of an ideal situation to become, you know, a rotational player in this league. But, you know, he's suing uh, Seton Hall for, I guess, you know, slowing down that uh process.
1: yeah i I think that's a really it's it's tough that's a tough lawsuit just i don't know how it's going to shake out just because like in a lawsuit you have to prove that there were damages and like you can also point the fact that yeah you did play your senior or whatever year it was on your torn mcl but you still did get to the league you know you're still in the league now like it didn't inhibit you from anything i don't know what his injury history is like after that um after the injury in college, like if he's been struggling with that since then, but it'd be kind of hard to say it's like, oh, if I was healthy, I would have got drafted here like you know that's just pure speculation, I don't know how well that really holds up in a lawsuit, but it is an interesting lawsuit.
0: Yeah, for sure. Gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. But uh kind of the similar thing happened to Kawhi and uh he wasn't uh pretty he wasn't happy with uh the Clippers organization and c- pretty much cut off for all communication about the injury. And uh that's why when you know during that series when they were finishing off Utah and into the Phoenix series, we didn't know what was going on. Until you know, uh, it was announced officially by uh Woldra Shams to the world that you know he tore his ACL, so he goes off and he gets surgery by himself without telling the Clipper organization. And I get the Clippers just found out like two days ago that he got the surgery, mm-hmm. so I don't. And Kawhi is a weird dude, we all know Kawhi. Uh, Kawhi not the average human being, nah, he's, <laughs> what,
1: straight, he's a fun guy,
0: yeah. So, um you can't really predict his movements, right? You can't really predict how he's thinking, but...
1: See, the weird thing about it for me is that, like, whenever... They're saying, like, it was under underreported, and obviously if there's tension between him and the organization, there has to be some truth to that. Yeah. But watching it from the outside, looking in, though, I just assumed, like, yeah, they knew he probably had a torn ACL or MCL or, you know, some significant injury and the only reason they I was thinking that they wouldn't declare it which is because like maybe you get to the finals without him and then he can be healthy enough to play sort of like Embiid did but I mean they would probably have a better grasp on his medical situation than I would and I know you're trying to like leave all your options on the table as an organization and like you don't want to like you know, throw him off and then he's not able to come back because of the injury. If he, if you do make the finals, cause you never know. I mean, crazier things have happened. So, I mean, it's definitely interesting. It's going to be weird. It's a weird situation for Kawhi now because he's going to be out like nine to 12 months. Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty much all of next season. Exactly. So, I mean, where he goes, if he's, I mean, I think he stays still, but Wherever he goes, you're not going to see him for a year. So, I mean, it's just a – it's a lot for p- teams to consider with him. It's not like it's since like, his first significant injury either.
0: For sure. And, uh, you know, uh, it might affect his free agency, you know. It, that might have left, like, a bitter taste in his mouth and decide, you know what, I love L.A. I make – you know, I'm going to be making – I'm going to be filthy rich even after I stop playing. So it doesn't really matter where I play basketball. I'm always going to have a big, lavish house in L.A. So, you know, I, I could play here. I could play there. It doesn't really matter. Um, I don't know. And, uh, you know,
1: yeah, it's tough. I, I mean, there's I, definitely a reason that he wanted to go to L.A. You know what I mean? He wanted to go home and play in L.A. So I think that that and the fact that, like, what team does Kawhi Leonard go to next year outside of, like, the Warriors that, like, gives him a better shot at winning a title
0: true true yeah Yeah.
1: i mean mean, you saw what they i mean the clippers gave the suns a pretty tough run with um even without them so i mean the clippers team is really talented and you saw that they were still talented even without Kawhi. and i just don't know like i said like where else he would go right now like obviously we can all dream about Kawhi and Dame coming to the Knicks in the same offseason <laughs> but I don't think that's realistic so I mean I don't know we'll see what how it plans out we'll see how I mean like you said he's a hard dude to read so it's really kind of one of those things you should have to wait and see uh
0: would you be comfortable with uh letting him come like you know come to the Knicks if he had to wait a year
1: um yeah yeah
0: yeah Yeah. there's no doubt in my mind yeah sign the contract yeah whatever you want how much years how much money let's go let's go
1: i'd like there to be like i mean i'm sure if you have Kawhi and randall and rj you can get a third star to come i would like that to be like worked out before but then again you have a year to figure it out anyway so i i think it'd be worth the risk and Kawhi is definitely good enough to like that's that's a player you take that gamble on
0: Yeah, for sure, man. And, uh, you know, the Clippers, it looks like they're going to have to punt unless uh, unless Kawhi, you know, he, you know, recovers because, you know, Spencer, you know, didn't wait. You remember he tore his ACL uh, in the beginning of the year and they were saying that he might come back uh, at the Nets make the final. So, you know, it's uh, it's about a six to nine month recovery, you know, so he could be, you know, be ready for the playoffs, quote unquote. But you know how Kawhi is with his That's injury. I mean. he, yeah. he, he,
1: if anything, he's going to be extra cautious with it. I think, I think, yeah. I think it's pretty much a lock that he doesn't play.
0: And but, we got to remember his age. He's not like the 27 year old Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, he's
1: been in the league for a minute now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's 31 years old now. So it's, uh, he's definitely going to take the injury a little slowly, uh, because the stage of his career. Man, interesting. Interesting. Uh, We're going to see Paul George by himself next year, probably, right? Because I don't know. I don't know. Because the Clippers, they they owe Luke Kennard a lot of money. And if they're not going to play Luke Kennard, can you please just trade him? That that would be dope. (laughs) For real, eh? if they're not going to play him, they're only going to play him a few minutes in the playoffs. Like, you might as well trade the contract. Yeah. Uh, it's
1: a tough contract to trade, though. I don't know. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand. I, I love Luke, but I don't understand why they gave him that money,
1: bro. Yeah. I thought it was overpay, but like, I was like, all right, you know, this team's good enough with Kawhi and Paul George that like, you're okay overpaying for another like good role player. Like, you're okay with like paying overpaying for Marcus Morris. You know what I mean? You just need players like that on a championship team to fill out your roster. And if you have the small window, like, definitely go for it. But if Kawhi's is not going to be there next year, for you know health reasons or otherwise, then that really changes that equation on a player like Canard.
0: And, and and you got to think, the Clippers like they they they're strapped behind their back with the assets. You know they can't really they don't really have picks like that. Really and follow. yeah and. They still need to improve this roster. They, their point guard situation. Unless they sign Reggie Jackson to a one-year deal, and you know, they move forward like that, they still have a lot. They have their talented team, but they still need to add to the talent. There's a lot of pieces that will be leaving that team. Uh, Batum, another guy who was, you know, solid. You know, I was looking at Batum. I I would not be mad if the Knicks gave him a look. You know, uh, six, six, I understand. But for 15 minutes, 15 minutes a game, he comes off your bench. He shoots the three. He, he's able to guard one through four. I, I I, like what he did in the playoffs for a role player. Come off the bench.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. It's tough to say because right now he's still on that contract from Orlando where they paid him.
0: Nah, no, 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 nah, no, no. He got, bro. He, nah, he, he got waves. Like Charlotte, Charlotte got, Charlotte, uh, uh extended his contract like we did to Noah.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And uh he signed like a veteran minimum with the Clippers. Oh, okay then. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah so then. But Yeah, so he
1: be- do you think he takes a veteran minimum to come to the Knicks though? Why not? I, I mean because you can, I, I think I don't think they're a contender that you take that type of deal for. I think you could get, I mean the Knicks have the money to do it that if they wanted to bring him in they could outbid pretty much any team, but I feel like – and maybe part of it was because he had money coming in yeah, anyway, yeah. and that's why he took that deal. But I think he could probably find a fit on a team a little closer to a title, but it really depends on how much more money he wants to make.
0: But I, I would like his talent, his talents, uh, what he's able to do still defensively. Yeah, uh, yeah. And,
1: and I, as a role player, you know what I'm saying? like, together, yeah. as, as long as he's not like a core – piece of like your starting lineup I'm fine with it or you're not overpaying them some ridiculous contract which I don't think they will but
0: I was listening to the mismatch and uh you know one thing that nobody is talking about nobody's talking about <laughs> yo Serge Ibaka did not play this playoffs. Did we forget Sergio Bach as an NBA player that plays for the Clippers Who's you know, defends the rim, shoots the three, able to guard, able to move his feet laterally? Like, that was a big part of their team uh, that they was missing. And, um, you know, I, uh, man, like, very unfortunate with the Clippers team this year and uh, having going forward, you know, with the Kawhi situation. Definitely not what they envisioned when they acquired uh, Paul George and Kawhi, for sure. No, you
1: have to be disappointed at this point that three years in now after this next year, because you're assuming they're not going to tie it all without Kawhi, that that everybody would be pretty disappointed with that if you would have told them that when they all signed up for that deal.
0: Definitely, definitely. Uh, Switching to uh, my last and final topic, definitely got to talk about the NBA Finals, man. Definitely got to talk about the NBA Finals. Um. Bucks up 3-2, I called it. Nolan was definitely yeah. adamant about the Suns winning. I definitely, I, I told you, man. I, I told you. And I'm about to celebrate officially next pod <laughs> uh, when they go up 4-2. But, you know, Giannis has been definitely dominated, uh, dominating. Uh, Middleton, uh, last game, came up clutch in the fourth quarter. Uh, Suns, I mean, it's been a very competitive series. Very competitive series. Fun games. Uh, what you've been? What's your thoughts of the series, Noah? And and what has turned and making the Suns lose in your opinion?
1: Um, honestly, with the Suns and Milwaukee, I think that like, I think that Milwaukee wins the series at this point, just because you have two chances at it, and they're going back to Milwaukee this next game. But it's really surprising to me to see that. After how good Chris Paul looked out, looked in uh, the game to get to the finals, that last game, where he scored like 39 points, yeah. to see him drop off the way he has, has been, you know, it's not what I expected. Uh, Booker's been killing it. You know, I think he had 40 points in the past two games like, yeah. each. So, I mean, like, he's doing everything he can. Just, it's tough, man. And to Milwaukee's credit, they got to win on the road. And you always hear people say, you know, series isn't over until until a team loses at home. And now the home field advantage officially switches to Milwaukee. They're gonna go home fully excited, but they're gonna get the Suns best effort. I I don't know if I'm pick I wouldn't I'm not comfortable enough to pick the Suns to win in Milwaukee, but I mean I wouldn't be shocked. But I think I think winning two more games is a tall task for the Suns at this point.
0: Yeah, and and, and uh, Milwaukee playing big is... Uh, I, I knew when Dario Saris tore his ACL, I, I tweeted... That was a big loss. Yeah, I tweeted. I was like, if the Suns have no backup center in the finals, interesting. And Brooke Lopez, the combination of Brooke Lopez, Giannis, just beating up, and Bobby Portis, they're just, they just too physical down low uh Aiton is overwhelmed dealing with all that by himself Jay Crowder is a tough guy you know like but come on right it's it's, it's Lopez is a huge human being and Giannis is Giannis and it's hard when when those guys are playing 38 38 minutes you know each and they're banging each and every possession and you're not that big to begin with uh you know and in Chris Paul's production, you gotta think if it's age is you know all the basketball is starting to pile up on him. You gotta remember uh he had an injury uh in the first round of the against the Lakers. Uh fit, uh you know fatigue may be uh, part of it. But you know, shout out to Devin Booker, you know, because he, offensively he's been that guy uh did uh the last game drew holiday was able to strip him but you know it is what it is Uh shout out to drew holiday last game for uh you know showing up offensively had 26 points uh shot the ball really well uh
1: yeah and i I think you can say that his defense is a large part of what's making chris paul struggle too whether it's like health and injuries are involved too probably but i mean Having one of the league's best, you know, perimeter defenders on you, Drew Holiday is he's pressing you from like up and down the entire court. That's got to take its toll, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm just surprised, honestly, that Milwaukee is. I knew Chris Middleton was pretty good, Chris Middleton's better than I thought he was, but I'm surprised that they're able to. hit enough shots with him and Drew I mean I know Drew had a good game last game but the rest of the series he really hasn't and it's basically just the fact that you know when you're the Suns and your second best player and Chris Paul isn't giving you what he gave you all season then it that really changes the equation
0: yeah, and uh Chris Paul, he's the engine, you know. To, uh, Booker might be the most talented person on this team, but Chris Paul is the leader oh, and yeah. uh, they follow, you know, where he goes, they, they they follow. So it's hard for that uh sons to rally, you know, after the Sarge injury and all that stuff to still, you know, compete with uh, with a motivated Bucks team, you know, we gotta remember. The Bucks are a loaded team. You know they have they have they have the two time MVP, uh, reigning defensive well past defensive player of the year. Uh, you know Drew Holiday. You know two way guard uh, Chris Middleton being able to get any shot wherever he wants. You know you got to remember. Uh, you know he's being defended by Jay Crowder, uh, Mikkel you know world defenders you know with some of the league's best three and d guys are on middleton and 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 you you know they're being physical it's the finals they're letting him play and uh was very impressed with middleton down the stretch uh very impressed uh I was you know when Phoenix came out and they won the first two games man I, I I thought you was right man I was like I don't know what's going on but definitely the 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 last two games showed uh showed a lot to me definitely did the resilience of the team uh did you th- i don't i don't i remember it was game 2 uh Giannis was yelling at the bench you know like let's go, yeah, let's go. Him and stuff yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was a uh, that was pretty dope scene and um they lost that game but they definitely bounced back uh you know he, so you pretty much see the bucks uh finishing them off in Milwaukee
1: um, I don't know if they finish them off here. or I think they'll be extremely motivated to close it out at home. I don't think they want to go back to Phoenix, but I just think for Phoenix to win two in a row is with Milwaukee, like an impending Milwaukee championship on the line for both of those games that that's asking a lot. And Well, anything can happen in a game seven right now, it seems like unless Chris Paul can kind of figure things out or the coaching staff can figure things out or whatever's going on that I, it's it's hard to pick against Milwaukee at this point in the series. Yeah. Yeah, for
0: sure. Um, Definitely one of the, definitely better than the last finals i could say uh I oh, definitely yeah. enjoyed these
1: the past these th- few years some of these finals games have been so bad like it's like i remember like, when, like it would be like the the warriors and the Cavs and like could just be oh like the golden state won by 20 this game oh like the Cavs won by 20 this game like, yeah most yeah. of these games have been fairly competitive throughout the series it's been really really entertaining to watch and i think it's a great thing for the league to have two new teams in there and, like, get exposure to players like Giannis and an up-and-coming player like Booker that, like, a lot of NBA, like, fans know, but, like, people that are just casual NBA fans that don't really, like, follow teams like Phoenix that much before this year, that they're getting introduced to another superstar player.
0: Definitely, definitely. And, uh, you know, Phoenix uh, looks – the role looks kind of tough for Phoenix, but – you know, definitely the stage that uh, Devin Booker has been given uh, these playoffs. You know, we spoke about it a few times during the pod, but definitely, you know, we 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 all knew, you know, us basketball nerds, you know, who made an actual podcast talking about the NBA. Who, we all knew like Devin Booker is that guy. But, you know, the average NBA fans, you know, thought that, you know, it was a uh, good stats, uh, bad team kind of guy. Kind of like, you know, what we spoke about Colin, you know kind of like that but you know the stage he was able to perform uh 42 uh game five uh i believe game four uh 40 something in game five uh really dominant this is just really dominant and can get it in all the angles on the floor and, and that's a player that the knicks uh desperately need man so am I like a middleton so am I Great like level
1: a little scorer that can create his own shot
0: yeah, man. I was telling my dad watching the game, I was like, man, that's like Middleton is somebody that we could use, man. Like a six-nine guy, be able to put the ball on the floor, shoot over any shoulder, like you know, a, a hooper, man, like a real hooper, like Allen Houston, Middleton type of like type of guy, you know. Mm. For sure. Um, that's pretty much uh everything. I believe that's episode 21 of the corner three. Uh, make sure to follow me and Nolan on Twitter. Make sure to follow me. Uh, make sure to follow the Corner 3 pod on Twitter. Make sure to uh, look uh, look up our website. We have articles and uh, all our episodes are on there too. Uh, I'm almost finished with our article about Quentin Grimes and how much of a second round uh, steal he's going to be to whoever gets the opportunity to draft him. So uh, we got a lot of stuff coming in the works. A mock draft coming real soon uh yeah a bunch of dope stuff uh speak to you next time nolan i guess right
1: <laughs> uh, yeah for sure i'll talk to you
0: soon